Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Professional Traffic Podcast. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business. And today, Kasim Aslam, it's just me and you, just us kids yet again. Just the two of us. I'd like to think these are the most popular shows of just me and you, but I don't think that's actually the case, especially after Lauren came on. You just interviewed a great guest, but hopefully we're not selling out and selling below sort of our pay grade here for the two of us being on. But we are talking today about probably one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing right now is almost like a play on the podcast episode we did on the Meta Performance Marketing Summit of how big brands are scaling. And you've actually spoken with a number of folks about this, which has sort of a different feel and take on what that's all about, which I'm really excited today. It's the KPI that's the most important KPI, in fact, that you're probably not measuring as a marketer. So we're going to get right into that. And I know uh, you also have a pretty cool AI-inspired nugget for the listeners here today. I got a nugget, Ralph. A nugget. It's called video.ai, V-I-D-Y-O dot A-I. It's similar to some of the other tools that we've introduced. What's the one that you use? Synthesia? Synthesia, we are playing with. There's a lot of them in that space that's actually creating individual avatars. You might see a Ralph Burns avatar in the not-too-distant future in the in your newsfeed, but it's, I haven't quite perfected it at this point. But no, this is the type of tool where you can take content, which directly relates to what we're talking about here, and then AI-ifies it without a human, is my understanding. That's exactly right. So it's a little bit like Synthesia or Opus, if you remember us talking about Opus. What I like about this one in particular, though, is it feels far more hands-off so video.ai will take a long form video and then chop it up into short form videos automatically in a matter of seconds. It preloads them with Hormozy style captions, which is really important because that's more or less become the gold standard. And it puts you in a position to be able to repurpose content for multiple networks. And what I mean by that is there's a difference between the way that you'd repurpose content for YouTube shorts versus Instagram shorts versus TikTok, etc. So it has hundreds of templates and templates customized for all the social media platforms. And just a real quick plug and play. I'm pretty happy with it so far. Now, are you guys using it in Solutions 8 as of right now? Dude, the new rule at Solutions 8 is for every long form video, we have to have at least five shorts produced. And to be honest with you, I want five to become 50 at some point, but I'm easing my team into it because creating content's the hard part. Once you have it created, editing it is the leverageable skill. And I just don't think we're taking advantage of that leverage. So right now it's a manual process. And I still think there's a human in the mix in all of this. It's not like this is a way to, and this is a huge conversation that I always seem to be having with people, is AI is a productivity multiplier. It's a plus and an and or, meaning replacement. a replacement yeah. for humans. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to replace humans. It's going to replace this. No, think about it 
unless you just stick your head in the sand and don't do anything about it and don't actually explore these tools, I think you will be left behind. I think we talked about that in previous episodes here, but this is a way to make your video editor even more productive in your business to be more productive. And that's what right now, AI is a bunch of tools, really. Correct me if I'm wrong. My take on it is like here and now it's tools. Later on, it will be potentially agents or chatbots. And then in the future, like we don't really know because I think it's futures far away. It might be agents plus another technology that we might not even realize that even exists at this point. But this is a perfect way in which to leverage AI to make your people more productive and to grow your business, which is exactly what we're talking about here on the show. It's the only way you can keep up. You're in a horse race and we just invented the car. So you got to get on board. Yeah. If you're manufacturing buggy whips right now. There's still a market for that, but it's a group of people. I don't know what you want to be exposed to, Ralph, to be honest. Buggy whip people. It's a deep corner of the internet just for (laughs) buggy whip users. So the link for that is V-I-D-Y-O. Don't make the mistake of spelling it video as in we normally spell video. V-I-D-Y-O dot A-I. We'll leave links in the show notes for that. So definitely check that out. So we're going to be getting into the most important KPI you're probably not tracking right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back and we are talking about the most important KPI you're not tracking. All right, Kasim, spill the beans. What is it? So I was having a conversation with the gentleman that runs. Do you know Brandon Turner, Ralph? Beardy Brandon? I do. I love Brandon. I love Brandon too. He's one of my favorite people. I think he's one of the most adept social media marketers I've ever known. And he's not even known as a social media marketer. He's a real estate guy, but his visibility, which is important in real estate, especially when you're doing syndication, comes from social media. And he's phenomenal at it on every channel. His podcast is great. His YouTube is great. His Instagram is great. His Twitter is great. The gentleman that runs his new podcast for the Better Life Tribe, his name is Alex Scott Felice. 
And I was talking to Alex about the KPIs for his media team. And I was pointing him towards the usual suspects, things like, you know, number of followers, growth, watch time, et cetera. And Alex is like, no, dude, I think I'm going to go after cost per content. And it instantly floored me and pissed me off that I hadn't thought of this. So first, shout out to Alex, because he's the one that introduced the concept to me. But in the age of short form video, fast media, where, I mean, people are, they call it doom scrolling, right? People are going through Instagram and TikTok and just sitting there for hours on end watching seven, 10, 15 second videos. So if somebody's watching 10 second videos for hours on end, how many thousands of videos are they scrolling through every day, week, month, year? And what that means, it puts us in a position as marketers in having to be able to keep up with the insatiable appetite that is everybody's need for media, which means that it's a quantitative game. And because it's a quantitative game, you have to have a quantitative KPI. And cost per content is the quantitative KPI. Now, does that mean that you don't have qualitative concerns? Obviously not. You have to produce content, quality content. It's a prerequisite, but that's an axiom. So it's kind of like, all right, great. Good for you. Yes, quality has to be there, obviously. Let's make that the axiom that we build on top of. As long as your content is good enough, and we've all seen things go viral where you're like, meh. It was C plus, you know, but as long as your content is good enough, you need to be taking the content you're producing and turning it into as many repurposed tidbits as you possibly can. And that needs to be, if you're a CMO or director of marketing, this is your new most important KPI when it comes to media creation. You know, and, and Ralph, you and I are good examples of this. We're bad at it, by the way. You and I suck at the. We shoot an hour long podcast. And it results in one piece of media. And I know that's changed now because you've got the team. And and it's because, you know, in the beginning you didn't own it. But now that you own it, that one hour piece of media could be, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, it could be hundreds of pieces of content. Because if you think about all the little shorts that you could pull out for Instagram, repurpose those for TikTok, repurpose those for Snapchat, repurpose those for Facebook. Lauren Petrullo just started working on our Pinterest. And then that can get pulled out and the transcription becomes a blog and the audio clips get snipped up, make those downloadable. Repurposing content is a complete, absolute, total prerequisite. And the way to know whether or not you're doing it is to begin tracking cost per content. So that's my sales pitch. I realized I spoke too much. But that's more or less what I think people should be doing. I love the metric because it now puts it into KPI terms. I think that our listener can now measure. So we have a measurement for everything, I'm sure, just like you do. And if you're running a company, you need to have measurements because what gets measured gets managed and what gets managed gets measured, hopefully, uh, vice versa. The point is, is that we were struggling with, all right, what is it? That is it number of shorts, is it number of longs, is it number of mids? Like, what is it? Is it engagement? Is it likes? Is it how many views? Forget all that. It's just volume at this point. And I think so many people get caught up. And I know like internally, especially externally to teams and one one team that we just had a call with Meta about is they were very concerned about, oh, the quality has to be there. It has to be very high brand. It has to be this and that. And my point to them was it's not necessarily always about brand. It's about volume and testing and seeing what resonates because it's gone in an instant. Well, and the algorithm is going to do the job for you. You're going to produce a hundred shorts and 98 are never going to get seen. And one is going to have medium visibility and one's going to go viral. So you can either sit around with your whiteboard and your brand guidelines and your team and try to ideate which one's going to go viral. And you'll fail every single time, by the way, or produce the hundred. And the benefit you have is if it's not good, no one will see it. 
you're relying on algorithmic placement of media based off of indications of interest. So as people watch it, stay, listen, like, comment, whatever, that allows the network to identify what the quality content is based off of peer review. It's more or less a voting system. It's a meritocratic environment. So everybody's need for high production value and brand guidelines, this is what's killing you. And again, I'm talking to my CMOs and my director of marketing. And by the way, we're going to get real dangerous here, Ralph. Okay, ready? The people in those roles, Mr. or Mrs. CMO, the skill set that you came to the job with the education that you came to the job with is diametrically opposed to what you need now because of this new environment. Because the CMO used to be the champion of the brand guideline. The CMO used to be the one that said, hey, we have to maintain continuity. Messaging is the most important. We need to make sure that like they were the brakes. They were the brakes and now they need to be the gas. You have to pump this content out there with the understanding that if it's not good, nobody will see it. And if it's great, somebody... And then you can kind of chase those rabbits down holes. So I'm not trying to completely throw quality content or the concept of quality content out the window. What I'm saying is that's the axiom. And now you need to take your quality content and repurpose it a thousand different ways. I think creating quality content has to be table stakes. Like you have to be able to say something that is relevant and useful. Let's take this podcast here. Are we giving earth shattering information that no one else has released ever and no one else has talked about? No, not necessarily. But you look at it and you say, what is your unique take on this thing? And that is now content that's yours. And I'm not saying go to Alex Hormozzi's channel on YouTube Shorts or TikTok or wherever it happens to be and just mimic everything that he does. And then you're going to be the next Alex Hormozzi. Well, Alex Hormozzi was 10 years in the making to finally get to the point where he's now an overnight success. You know, and he's like the hot thing. You, you know what? That's not a bad plan. I know what you're saying. I know it's funny, but that's better than nothing. If you were to just go better follow the thought leader and be the best plan B, you know, like, okay, this is what Alex said. And so I'm going to do that same topic and do my own spin. I'd prefer that than what people are doing now, which is on the sidelines, slowly dripping out little tiny, teeny pieces of content that just never have the opportunity to be seen because of how much volume is out there. Yeah, I think you're slightly misinterpreting what I was saying is that I'm saying go out and produce exactly what he's doing. An alternative to that and a great alternative is to actually disagree and do the opposite or have your own take on something that somebody like him, we're using him as just an example because it's a good example. And he actually, if you go through his shorts, and this, he's a great channel to go to and we'll leave links in the show notes. We should actually have him on the show at some point in time, really interesting dude, is that he says there is a absolute connection with volume of content and how how profitable and how wide reaching his socials are. The more he pumps into it, the more comes out. Now, is he using some of these tools? And you know, another tool which we leave links in the show notes is opus.pro. That's another one that does this really, really well. On our nugget, we talked about tools that we can potentially use to do this very thing. Video.ai is a great one. Definitely yeah, check Opus out Opus. Great too. I just saw Opus on, you know, remember Christine Marie, we had her on? Christine's a brand marketer through and through in a lot of ways. She's all about messaging. She's all about empathy. And she's championing something like Opus for content repurposing. So, I mean, the thought leaders... The people on the Vanguard see the need for it, regardless of paradigm. What's the word I really want? Indoctrinated philosophy. So even if you are one of the heavy brand marketers that wants everything to be perfect, fine. But realize that there are people in your camp that are doing this exact thing. 
and you might not even know that they're doing it. You know, I mean, it's not like you should absolutely stay on brand. This brand that we just talked to is in a very competitive niche in a red ocean, but has a very unique selling proposition. We've done shows on that. They do this whole thing different than everybody else, but they're still bidding on keywords that are 50 to $75 per. How do you shift that paradigm? Well, you go top of funnel pre-engagement content and put out a lot of it because you don't know. Like you go over to like your channel, any of our social channels. Like there are videos that have, in our TikTok, there's hundreds of thousands of views in some videos and some videos have like seven views. It's like, that's just the price of doing business. Like I'm not embarrassed by it. A lot of those videos that have like 10 views are my videos. That's okay. Dude, this was funny. The videos that I like the most, whenever I, whenever I put something out that I'm like, I know this is going to hit. I'm always wrong. And then the video that takes off, I'm just like, really? That was the topic that caught? It's funny how consistent that is. Yeah, it's so true. It's like us as marketers, we think we're so smart. We can predict human psychology when in fact, it's just, I don't know, it's luck of the draw. But what I do know is that the more times you get up to bat, the more potential hits you're going to get. And that's the thing here. And let's not forget that Babe Ruth at one point in time did hold the record for most home runs. This is a baseball analogy here. Sports, I'm going to throw one in here. Huh, that was candy you were talking about. And Oh, yeah, that's right. That Actually, that's a good candy bar, isn't it? Damn. But at one point in time, most home runs in Major League Baseball history, but also had most strikeouts. So you're going to get a lot of strikeouts when you use this methodology. If you look at, if your comparator is like, well, look at Alex Hermosi. Every one of his videos gets tens of thousands of views. Well, that's because he's been at it for a long time. He's been doing this. And the force multiplier is having these types of tools and really having a metric that you can solidly go back to and say, all right, are we succeeding or are we failing? What that will eventually lead to in this cost per content concept, which I, I love, is you will start focusing on volume, really, at the end of the day, and not necessarily a long 20-minute video or an hour podcast. Like, Think about how many pieces of content you can chunk up with these types of tools or with a really solid video editor. And if you get a really solid video editor, imagine how much more productive they can be with these tools. And that's the AI multiplier from my perspective. It's like it's not replacing humans. The ones who embrace it are the ones that really get a head start on everyone else. And in this case, volume wins. Volume wins. That's the take-home message of perpetual traffic today. Volume wins. So you can stay on brand. You can also make interesting content. Make sure your content is interesting. <laughs> Just going out there, not really saying much of anything. That's one of the things I think we have to safeguard against. But I, I think at the very least, start thinking about this as another way in which to scale your brand. Because if all you're doing is just going out and driving sales through website conversion campaigns, everything is a sale type of content, that you're going to reach a maximum amount of customers that you can reach. We see that now with a lot of brands. And this is a big, big trend, especially on the social side that I don't think people quite get yet, but that's okay, is top of funnel pre-awareness content and the more of it that you have, pull them into your world and they might watch 37 videos before they decide to book a call with Solutions 8 or with Tier 11. And that's okay. And maybe, I don't know, 
10 or 12 out of those 37 videos, they only watched for a few seconds because they didn't like it. And they went on to the next one. And that's part of doing business. You're not going to hit a home run with every single video. So it's the volume side of the equation that really does work and very, very much top of funnel. And even though we're paid ad agency guys, content strategy is the thing that's going to win into the future. When you're already doing all the work. So that's the other thing. So if you're overwhelmed right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, if I, you know, I have to create, I have to take one video and turn it into hundreds. 90% of the work, and again, no hyperbole here, 90% of the work is already done. If you shot an hour-long podcast, you're capturing video and audio, that's 90% of the work. Taking that and adding this new step where you throw it up into a tool like video, I think it's less than 10%. You just upload it, it chops it up. Maybe there's a little bit in the way of like managerial process to make sure it properly gets scheduled, but you're already doing the work. You're so close. So don't get overwhelmed. Like the AI tools make this easy. The last part to that, and I think this is the key with any AI tool, is that there has to be a human QC element to it. Yeah, for sure. At least now. Someday there'll be AI QC, but it's not there yet. Right. Absolutely. And you can really trust it. You can put that video in there and then not even look at it and then distribute it immediately out to your socials. And there's tools all along the way for that. Point is right now is like there does have to be that QC process and you need to have somebody on your staff that does know what they're doing. But now you're taking somebody who is a, let's say they were doing this manually and we have a person on staff that does this. I know you guys do as well. Like they're really, really good, but this now makes them potentially great and even 10x more productive, which on the volume side is really attractive. So have that person in the mix, in the flow, but use the tools to enhance their productivity and ultimately scale and grow. I think we did it, Ralph. I think we sold cost per content to everybody. All right. Well, that is this week's show. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you do subscribe and leave a rating wherever you do listen and let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We do craft a lot of our content and a lot of the stuff from this show, for example, from that feedback. So continue to provide that for us. That's great. Or just leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to podcasts. That's awesome. Follow me over on LinkedIn and Kasim on Twitter. Go back and listen to previous episodes and we will leave links in the show notes for all of this at perpetualtraffic.com. One link, which I think is super important now, is our YouTube link. So our plan, because we're still relatively new with this, Kasim, is to produce a show on a Tuesday and have the YouTube version of it produced literally the same day. Oh, so they get a sneak peek as to what's coming. They could, but right now it's a more of a production thing. But yeah, we produce shows. We drop shows on Tuesdays and Fridays. The goal is to have the YouTube side of the equation. Once again, this is a relatively new process for us, but to have that show up and running on the same day of the podcast. And if not right now, it's going to be within the next month or so. So head on over to Perpetual Traffic YouTube. not perpetual traffic podcast youtube we'll leave a link in the show notes for that just look for Kasim and my smiling face that is the one to subscribe to like i said all resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com on behalf of my awesome co-host Kasim aslam peace until next show see ya you've been listening to perpetual traffic 